Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of Acts, chapter 19. Here's Pastor Ryan. God doesn't necessarily desire to heal all people physically. Some people will be like, what? What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. There are some people that God doesn't necessarily want to heal them of their infirmities while they're here on earth. When God heals people physically, like in our story with the unusual miracle, God gets glorified. Amen? Jesus went all over Galilee and he was healing and he was touching people and they were, they were being healed of their infirmities. That's a beautiful thing and God gets glorified. But at the same time, God can also get glorified when he refuses to heal someone of their physical infirmities. That can also bring glory to the Lord, guys, when God says no. When God says no to the healing of a physical infirmity and, and, and gives that person the strength to live with that infirmity for the glory of God and for God's purposes. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, Paul wrote concerning his own physical infirmities, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so, here's Paul. People were getting demons cast out of them by his handkerchiefs and his apron. He had his own infirmity. Some believe he had an eye issue. He had a physical infirmity and he prayed to God three times. He pleaded with the Lord. He can heal people, but he cannot heal himself in this particular physical ailment that he had. And the Lord said no. And you know what Paul realized? He realized why God had told him no. Because Paul Pride is at your door. There's an issue. And Paul, if I don't allow you to keep this infirmity, you have so much revelation of God that your head's going to explode. So I'm going to allow this infirmity so that you make sure to be humble. So for Paul's spiritual well-being, God said no to the healing. So recognize that, that we pray for healings because God is the healer. I mean, we pray all the time for healings. You know, I teach my kids, oh, you stubbed your toe, can my Lord take the pain away? And who knows if her pain would have hurt more had I not prayed. But we pray for, for healing, for our back, for our headaches, for our diseases. We do because God can do it. 
And I believe he can. And if it's according to his will and we believe it shall happen for sure. We need to pray daily for God to heal in various ways. I'm not saying don't do it, but know the doctrine that just because he says no doesn't mean it's because you lack faith as some of the healing preachers break the hearts of people who go to their healing conferences. People feel, you know, we didn't have enough faith or there must be some sin in your life or you know, none of that. How about God just doesn't desire for you to be healed? Is that okay? And with some people, no. Christianity is he heals because I tell him to heal when I tell him to heal. No, 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 no. No. Whatever we have to face, God will give us the strength to face it. He'll either heal it or give us the strength to face it. And we should always pray for healing. But always say, Lord, thy will be done. And Paul, Paul prayed, nothing happened. He prayed again, nothing happened. He prayed a third time, nothing happened. And then God spoke to his heart, dude, no. My grace is sufficient for you. Meanwhile, he can heal all these other people. Great. Can you deal with that? Can you love God when you yourself are not being healed of an infirmity that, that you want healed? Would you love God to still minister to people knowing that perhaps God will heal them through you? I love to see people with infirmities who love and praise the Lord and are obedient to him because it's easy to praise God when we have our, all our faculty. It's easy to come to church when we feel good. But what, what about on our worst days? What about when we feel, are we still going to praise him? Are we still going to love him? So with Paul, it was a spiritual lesson. But you know what? Many people got healed during Jesus' time by Jesus himself, and they didn't, follow, they didn't continue following him. So miracles alone isn't going to produce the faith for someone to obey God and go to heaven. There's people that he healed that can say, you know what, thanks for the healing, but I'm going to go live my life now. I don't, I don't need all your rules, Jesus. The ten lepers, remember them? They were in Luke 17. They cried out. They said, have mercy on us. What do you want? That we would be cleansed. And he said, go to the priests and show yourselves. And as they went, they were healed of their leprosy. Leprosy was terrible. It was a death sentence. It was ostracized from the community. It was your body's falling apart. Your nerves are going crazy. Skin sores, deformity, smelling, terrible. And the Lord saved these guys. And only one of them turned around and was praising God, glorifying him with a loud voice and fell before the feet of Jesus on his face, thanking him. And Jesus said, wasn't there 10 of you? Where are the other nine? Only this Samaritan has come to give glory to God. So there were nine dudes who were completely healed of a death sentence. And they went off without any regard for Jesus Christ. So miracles alone ain't going to save people, change people. He kept, the people kept asking him for miracles and signs. Remember Herod was, who was excited to see Jesus at his trial, remember? And because he wanted us to see a miracle that he had heard, that he's a miracle guy. If we love Jesus, we'll keep his commandments no matter how we are in our 
health. Another thing we learn about miracles is we shouldn't formulate miracles. You know, there's people that have made healing aprons. I can give this one to you for $29.99. And we can just start producing them. You just, I don't think God wants to be formulated. If it happens spontaneously and the Lord leads, I'm all for that. But I'm not into formulating Jesus did things differently, spontaneously, as, as he desired to do so. He healed people in different ways who had the same infirmities. With one blind guy, remember in Jericho, he was crying out. I think his name was Bartimaeus or something, but he was crying out. And the Lord simply said, go your way. What do you want me to do? He goes, that I would receive my sight. He goes, go away. That's what the Lord said. Go your way. And as he went, he could see. And he turned around and went and worshipped the Lord too. He was grateful. Another guy who was blind, remember he, the Lord grabbed some dirt on the floor, spit, and <laughs> made some clay. And he put it on his eye and he told him, go wash in the spring. And he did and he came back and he goes, how do you see? He goes, I see men like trees. And he goes, go back and wash again. And and he was able to see. So it was a whole different way. I feel because God doesn't want us to like formulate it. Okay, that's it. We're going to make holy mud. <laughs> and, and besides, the hospitals would go out of business. I think it was Benny Hens. Uh, nephew, wasn't it? He said, hey, uncle, why, why aren't we at the hospitals? We need to preach the gospel and pray for healings. I'm all for it. But I don't know about formulating them and, and, and uh, making merchandise of it. Amen? I know that's a lot about miracles, but it is doctrinal. We want to be on the, on the right biblical, scriptural path as we learn to walk with the Lord closer. And so even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jews, itinerant means that they were wanderers. They went from town to town. That's what it meant, that they were like vagabonds. They didn't stay in one place. They were traveling exorcists, these Jews. That's what they were. And that's what it means. And they would engage those who were demon-possessed. They would engage the spirits trying to cast them out. And these were not religious Jews who would call upon the name of Yahweh to cast them out. They would often read out a list of deities to hopefully name the right God that would cast out the demon. So these guys were completely breaking the law of, of the Lord, of Deuteronomy. These were not like godly men. These were guys who would, who would call out to you know, these pagan gods in order to exercise these demons. And they began to use, none of them would work, so guess whose name they used? Jesus, right? It says here, then some of them, in the name of the Lord Jesus, who Paul preaches, we exercise you. And then also there were seven sons of Seva, a Jewish priest, who did so. And commentators believe that the seven sons of the chief priests that that this Seva, the chief priest, was probably a supposed one or a self 
claimed chief priest because you're, or because his sons are doing something that is unlawful. Or may perhaps their father was a legitimate rabbi, but his sons went wayward. Anyways, Luke is letting us know here that it's these seven guys are doing this. They're using the name of Jesus. And then in verse 15, it says, And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Which I absolutely love this verse. <laughs> Jesus I know, Paul, who are you? Like, you know, <laughs> Jesus, I know, the, the word know here is gnosko in Greek, meaning to interact, to have interacted with, or to have experience with. So the demons are saying, we know Jesus in an experiential way, which is deep, guys, come on. Saying himself goes to the throne of God for permission. The demons believe and tremble at the name of Jesus. So they're saying, we know Jesus. And then when they say, Paul I know, or Paul, Paul we know, Paul I know, the Greek term is episteme, meaning to know about or to understand. So they know, the demons are saying, we know Jesus experiential, and we know about Paul. And I think it's beautiful because they know Jesus. They know Paul because they are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. It's like, why would demons know or care to know experientially or in any way those who simply call on the name of the Lord but aren't a threat to the kingdom of darkness because they don't really know Jesus Christ? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This one man took down seven of the sons of Seva, just bombed on them, ripped their clothes, enough to just beat them up. But he, he, he stripped them, he ripped their clothes off, and they ran off naked. So this is demonic power upon this poor individual. But the demons had no respect for these exorcists because they weren't men who lived for Christ. There are many people who like to claim they believe in Jesus. They like to claim that they're religious. But Oh, no, 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 no. They believe in Jesus, but they're not religious. That's the biggest one you'll get, right? I believe in Jesus, but I don't go to church. I don't like established worship. Listen, you're speaking to an ex-punk rock kid. I too did not like establishments. But God's a king, king of a kingdom. And what he says, what the king says he gets. And if he wants us to come here to be a part of his bride, the church, the body of Christ, then that's what we do if he's our king. He's our king. So I'm cool with that because he saved me from my sins. But there are many people who, you know, they, they have religious artifacts. I mean, even when I was in the world, when I was lost in the sins of my youth, I mean, I had a cross hanging from my mirror. I had a, I had a rosary, nice one from La Placita, uh, the one that shined, really nice. And I lived in sin. 
and had a cross in my face every day. And when I was living in sin and I drove by the Catholic Church, you know what I did, right? That's how the world lives, in ignorance. They don't know that he's not on the cross no more, that he's alive. That he has a will and he has his Bible and he calls us to live a life that honors his word. He's not impressed with us dangling little crosses or, or saying things like, I believe in Jesus but I don't go to church. No, if we, if we love the Lord, we do what he says. I think of uh, Walter Mercado, and I don't want to diss the man. You guys know who he is? He's the astrologer, the Spanish uh, astrologer who was famous in the 80s and on Spanish television, Latino television. You don't remember him, Walter? He was the flamboyant guy with the hat and the, the jewelry, and he would just he would forecast people's astrological signs, you know? And, oh, you know, that guy in the 80s, 70s. Back in the day, crazy guy. And at times he would say, but the ultimate glory is to God. Dude, astrology is against the Lord. And you're saying, but the ultimate glory. Like I need to say that he has the ultimate glory to just justify his sin. And he, and he lived a homosexual lifestyle as well. So again, people want God's stamp. They want to use Jesus' name, but because they don't follow him, there's no power there. But I also have learned that even as a believer, you may and I may have accepted the Lord, we're born again. But I mean, does the Holy Spirit really empower you and I to do mighty works for God? Is he empowering your life? I mean, Jesus said, if any of you thirst, come to me. And out of your heart will come forth torrents of living water God has given us a spirit of power love and a sound mind but it's like food it's like Gatorade save the Gatorade for those who are going to be in the game you know what I mean who's getting who's you know I don't want to be a bench warmer I don't think the Holy Spirit needs to empower too much someone that doesn't who he knows his son or daughter ain't going to do anything they're going to rest on their laurels but he has called us to be servants as he is. To do something, anything. A doorkeeper in the house of the Lord, that's a blessing. Anything. I'm going to pick up trash every Wednesday at church. I'm going to, anything, something. That's who the Holy Spirit empowers. We have to be willing to do what he says in order to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know I asked him to empower me by his Spirit today because you knew I was coming up I knew I was coming up here of course I'm going to ask him to strengthen me to empower me to preach his word but even to come here you guys Lord strengthen me to love everyone that I run into I know that brother irks me a little bit but Lord empower me by your spirit on high who hovered over the world when you made it. Empower me to love that brother or sister. We need strength to get the kids ready to go to work, to go to church, to go, to just be your life, to go to Walmart on a Saturday. I mean, we have to be open to be used. Or why do we need the empowerment? And we get it by spending time with them. There is no other way. There is no other way. Remember the, the disciples, when Jesus went up with Peter, James, and John to the Mount of Transfiguration, I don't know what the rest of the disciples were doing, but they weren't praying. 
because some poor man came with his son who was a who was demon possessed epileptic and the demon would throw his son in the in the fire on the fire and then in the water try to take him out and jesus came back and he said i, I brought him to your disciples but they could he, they couldn't help him they couldn't cast him out and jesus said how, how long must i bear with you to the disciples and he said, and they asked him later in Matthew 17, why couldn't we cast him out? And he says, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will, be, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So his disciples were powerless. So I believe as believers, we can be powerless if we're not going to spend time with our Lord in prayer, we're going to be powerless. It's like going to work without gas in your car. You can want it all you want, but unless you drive to the gas station, you're not going to have fuel. It's impossible. You're not. You need to start walking or get a bike, get a horse. But if you want to drive your car, you have to go to the gas station. As Christians, if we want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, we need to spend time with Jesus Christ. Because it's at his presence that our faith blows up. It's at his presence that we no longer fear. We're no longer doubting. We become strong and powerful. We become kind and loving and generous. We, we are, that's how you walk in the Spirit. Is by sitting at his feet in prayer. Fill me, empower me, change me to be like you. And then there's no more, no more fear, no more doubt. And courage begins to take place. And you feel the Holy Spirit. You feel him. You feel him. And his word becomes fire in your bone. And you're ready to move. Some of us need to spend time in private with him. Some of us, it's been a long time since we just said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go in the backyard for 45 minutes. No phone, no nothing. I'm going to go in my closet for 45 minutes. I'm going to go out for a drive to, to a park somewhere secluded, and I'm just going to pray. Whew. You're going to come back so sweet from those prayers. Oh, they're going to think that Jesus himself is in their presence. That's what happens when we pray. We become strong. Like our Lord. They were overcome by the demons. We read in verse uh, 16, the man, he beat them down. And, and so they fled uh, the house naked and wounded. And, you know, Satan is no joke. You don't want to fight him with your own strength. You want God to fight him. And in order for us to prevail against him, we have to do all that we can do to stand against him. In fact, the Bible says to resist the devil and he will flee to you. Why is the devil smacking around Christians all the time? Because they're not doing all that they need to do to stand. It is up to you and I to get before the presence of God and say, Lord, Put your armor on me. Strengthen me in the spirit, Lord. Ephesians 6.13 Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. James tells us in, in chapter 4, verse 7 through 
10. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee to you. Submit to God. Strength comes in submission to our king, to our God. And resisting comes from that. Why do people fall into temptation? Why do people not stand up for the word? Why do not people say no to sin? Because they're A, not drawing near to God. And because they're not, there's not a resistance. There's not a resistance to sin. But when we're with the Lord and we're in his presence and we're putting on the armor, we become resistors to the world, to the drama that they try to feed us, the lies. We we resist supernaturally naturally we become wise as serpents and gentle as doves but there are too many of us getting beat up by demons just satan cannot cannot um, possess a christian but he sure can harass a christian thank you for joining us today at lasting truth radio if you're in the area come out and join us for sunday services at 10 a.m or wednesday evenings at 7 p.m We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Bye.